Welcome to the Guest Is Not King. Where you're not as special as you think you are. I'm your host, Ty. And I'm Che. And welcome everyone again. Yeah, man. Um, let's get started on uh, why the hell we started this podcast and why we think it's important to start a podcast like this. I think it's, uh, as you always mention, the good, the bad, the ugly of night uh, hospitality. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, there's certain ways to act. It is a huge part of society and culture. I mean, whatever place you go to, whatever, especially social place you go to, there is, you know, hospitality involved and service involved. And there's, you know, certain ways to act. There's certain things not to do. There's certain things to do. And, you know. And this includes our own people, too. Because oh, absolutely. And it's just, you know, also about the dynamics, you know, the little secrets that we have. And, uh, yeah, all kinds of uh, all kinds of lovely stuff. But uh, why don't we start with our experience? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I started about 12 years ago. And uh, first I was, yeah, quite illegally. I mean, I got like five euros at the end of the day. But yeah, I was uh, yeah, I was about 12 years old in the Hague at a you know typical little snack bar, and then uh, from there on, you know, while I was in middle school, high school, and also now, just jumped around to different places. Went to an English English tea place, worked there as a waiter, helped out in the kitchen every once in a while. Then um, I went on to the beach, most horrible fucking job ever, most most beautiful toxic environment ever. Yeah, especially because you also have the experience of the time. <laughs> yep. And my one, my one was more like, oh, in and out, you know, going in and out. It wasn't like long sessions, and you know, yeah. it was just more like helping out for yeah, okay, once, I mean, once a month. But I saw how people suffered, and that's why when I entered <laughs> there, I would be more like, you know what, this is my rules. If you guys aren't gonna obey it, I can fuck off whenever I want to. I mean, my first day working at the beach was an 18-hour shift. I was a 19-year-old fucking kid. Oh, for, for, yeah, being young and doing that is fucking yeah. fun the first couple of days. But it's like, you're young, you can handle this shit. And then you're like, <laughs> end of the season, you're at <laughs> like a near fucking burnout, you know? Near? You did have a burnout. I think I, just... think I had a burnout, yeah. <laughs> 19 years old. Huh? Then what else? Um, yeah, now, um, now I'm working at a lovely uh, Japanese restaurant as an all-rounder. So kitchen, bar, and uh, terrace. Uh, I mean, now mostly I'm doing uh, a lot of bar work because uh, hospitality is a bit fucked on the uh, workforce uh, yes. <laughs> workforce side. Nobody can find any uh, anyone to work for them. I wonder why. <laughs> exactly. I think one of the good things about COVID right now that hit, okay, some places it's not good, but in general for us in hospitality is where a lot of people actually quit their jobs and actually went to a oh, good absolutely. paying company or works or those kind of things yeah. and they realize how much they actually deserve a good wage because yeah. everything relies and depends on those hospitality workers yeah. i mean you know are pretty much i mean it's a bit it's a bit egomaniacal to say but like a lot of times when you go to a place your you know your satisfaction your happiness is in our fucking hands you know for the for the experience that you're having but yeah I think you know it's uh it goes all, all over the place these sort of things that's very um, really true that's very really true yeah well, and uh, how about you, Ty? What have you been? Uh, what is your experience with uh, working in hospitality? Well, first was uh, helping out at my dad's restaurant when I was fourteen. I think that was kind of like where I started seeing the kitchen workforce. I was working as a, you know, like a, you could say a runner, 
in the kitchen basically I would be peeling for fruits and vegetables and uh, so you're like a prep, prep yeah, chef a prep chef basically yeah. but I was 14 so all of them were like my big brothers so they really couldn't you know tell me off with stuff because yeah. my dad is their boss <laughs> see that's also the shitty thing you know especially when you work in a you know in a family restaurant and sometimes people get like special uh, special treatment like oh, those are the biggest cuts of but the fucking the, restaurant the, the issue was here is that my dad would literally go to them treat him bad you know yeah. like he would say and then I would get yelled at like for my brothers and then I would just be like you know what dad I'm not gonna fucking work here it was disgusting yeah. which was uh-huh. fun you know when you're 14 and um, you don't really it was a good experience for me yeah. and then after that I sw- uh, I came here to study ended up quitting my study working as a dishwashing and bar back for a year in this really bad Amsterdam Dutch uh, bar which had mm. one of the worst managements ever oh yeah by the way we're we're based in uh, in the Netherlands yeah, so yeah. good good heads up to everyone. Yeah, we're yeah. based in the Netherlands. So if we say horeca, it means hospitality. <laughs> well, let's stick to hospitality because, uh, you know, we've got quite... Uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're all international, so I guess we'll be sticking to English. That's very true. Um, after that, I switched to another club, which actually gave me the opportunity while I was working my shitty club, which reason why I got fired was because I was doing a trial shift <laughs> in another place. So I actually ended up... Uh, I read my contract. I had an hourly wage. He tried to screw me over. In the end, I got paid two months for working only 20 hours. Holy shit. He still, uh, when I see him in his face, he still uh, hates me for the past four years. He doesn't want me. Like, after hours, I go there, and then I just see his face, and he's just like, yeah, I don't want him Oh, here. yeah. He's, he's a fucking man-child. Hospitality, like, managers and owners, they, they know how to hold a fucking grudge sometimes. Some, of, uh, some of them, yeah. This, this guy is a really fucking do, yeah. kid, man. <laughs> um and then after that, I switched to another bar that was connected to that uh, club, which was in Amsterdam. Cocktail bartending for three years, four years. And then now I work in sales, which yeah. actually taught me the base of how to sell. Because I worked in this South American cocktail bar. And I yeah. really love tequila and mezcal. And I think everyone knows. By the way, guys, this guy is fucking addicted. There is, uh, honestly, tequila mezcal. Whenever he comes to my goddamn bar, he's like, oh, that's a nice cocktail. Can you make that with mezcal? I'm like, oh, it is a beauty. Sake. It is a beauty. It is the. Most- I know, but there's like this is this is a genuine addiction and obsession because like whenever we go out, there has to be a tequila shot involved. Like, well, has but to now be. I don't even have to mention it anymore. Everybody just brings me a tequila shot. And yeah. they're like, oh, you want tequila, right? And I was thinking, oh no, I wasn't gonna drink that. It's just like, what does Ty want for his birthday? Oh yeah, why the fuck are we even asking? Yeah, a <laughs> bottle of tequila or mezcal, agave spirits. It's if you don't if you mess up if you mess with it too long, it will fuck you up. But if you treat it with respect and actually enjoy it the way it should be enjoyed, you will have the best time of your life. Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much all alcohol. <laughs> okay, I'm so trying to get my. I'm yeah, trying no, to get no, my carry addiction. On. Carry on with but, your, uh, yeah, with your no, intro. Now I work with um, I work in sales and advertisement technology. So in the end, too, it really taught me how to sell. Uh, yeah. So coming to the topic of while working in a South American cocktail bar, I got taught how to sell tequila mezcal agave spirits to people who are traumatized by it mm. because in this uh now mezcal and tequila is becoming popular yeah include sotol, oh, those kind of sure. things and the things is people didn't know how to drink it and the only cheap tequilas you have are the classic sosa jose cuervo uh then there's another one uh Corte, Corte um, i don't know man there's, there's so much shit out there it, it, but tequila with mezcal yeah. there is in bad bottles of mezcal because it is so yeah. expensive to import and it is a very traditional way of making mezcal no, absolutely but i mean that's also the beautiful thing about cooking and cocktail making and drinks in general like 
especially if you know what you're doing or if you're good at what you're doing, you find a way to make it fucking tasty for people. Yep. Like yesterday, for example, I had a couple at the uh, at the bar, and usually they always go for the whiskey sour that we make, which is fucking phenomenal. But I was just like, you know what? I have a special today. I came up with a nice little like oh, rum the, cherry sour. The, 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 fuck, I forgot the name of it. Rum cherry sour. Oh, okay. What was the name of it? I have no. F oh no, that's a different one. But that's a, that's also a good one. No, but I came up with the rum cherry sour because he didn't have enough rum cocktails, and she was just like, "Yeah, I'm not a big fan of rum." And ah. I said, "You know what? I can guarantee you that you're gonna fucking love this shit. And if you don't, it's on me." Yeah, but that's that's the thing too. I think uh, a lot of um, you know you need to have those people try those you know new cocktails because in the end, too, the menu is in everything. Yeah, uh, it is great. It is wonderful. It is fabulous. But when you go to a place maybe two, three times after a while, yeah, of course, the you want to try something different. And let the bartender do his thing because it is fun. Unless he's super busy, of course. If yeah. you're going to ask for, I don't know, a special uh, also, Negroni Spagliato yeah. in a fucking hundred people full bar, you know, I'm going <laughs> to look at you and be like, yo, brother, you know, it's going to like, be... fuck off? <laughs> I'll say it in the nicest way possible. Screw off. Yeah. No, but I mean, that's 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 the biggest thing, you know. If, you're, if it's your first time and there is a cocktail menu, have the common fucking decency to try at least one of them, you know? It's and just because it reads a certain way and there's certain ingredients that you don't like doesn't mean you're not going to like the end of the fucking product. You know, there's plenty of ways to make anything tasty and you just got to fucking try it. And that's kind of the point of having that menu is to actually convince yeah. people to drink stuff. Because the yeah. reason why people make cocktail menus is somebody doesn't like mezcal. Try the cocktail menu. <laughs> try the cocktail menu. Yeah. And... You know, it's in the end too, that's what's good and that's what's been selling and people who don't like certain things will actually enjoy it and that's the purpose of it, yeah, to convince them. I mean, also, if you're going to a fucking place, you know, you're going there for that experience and we're literally providing a service and also providing what we make, you know? This is this is us and this is what you came here for. So have the common fucking decency, you know? Yeah, and have very big respect of what's going on but, uh, oh. in front of the bar and behind the bar. That's also the funniest thing, you know, when uh, we, we have an open kitchen, people eat by the bar, and a lot of times we get these sort of, um, well, a lot of people come like, yeah, you guys, you know, you have a good flow going, you guys look so relaxed while working in the kitchen and behind the bar, and I'm just like, Fuck wow, me. I literally felt like I was raped in the ass this whole fucking day, but... Oh sure, at least I made it look like I'm. Uh, <laughs> at least I made it look like I'm calm. Good but stuff. It, that's the trick of hospitality. It's a it's a performance. It's a performance, and that's what actually sucks people in. Yeah. To because it is a mask. It is a you know, most of the times this is what I feel like we we will show through to people that it is not as is as it looks like. A lot of people there's. A couple of amount of people that go through so much behind the bar, yeah, but they just don't show it and they no, hide it. Of course, it. because you want to create, you want to create a nice, calm environment, a good fucking place. And I mean, you know, half the it's not like we're always, you know, dying. Sometimes oh, no, we just have like not. we're understaffed, or there's something that came in between, or whatever. But it's not like you know we're we're uh, you know we're constantly dying because honestly, you have to be made for hospitality. It is one of the hardest jobs out there, and it can be absolutely fucking exhausting if you're not up for it yeah you know? yep yep but that's what i mean when it's, it's it is a mask and it, it sucks a lot of people in yeah and in the end they they have their worst one year or two year behind the bar yeah. or like in the kitchen or whatever and that's the trick of hospitality is is you know first it sucks you in thinking it's going to be fun the first month yeah. or two is going to be amazing yeah. maybe after a year but then you start seeing the flaws yeah 
and the flaws that need to be shown to the people beforehand is yeah. one of the most important things. Well, that's why, you know, and this is why we started this. We wanted to talk about all of those experiences. We're also going to be inviting a bunch of, you know, people that have experience in it, people that even work in other sectors, because it's not only restaurant, club no. work or whatever, or bar work. There's also, you know, there's hospitality and tattoo, tattooing or in, you know, all kinds of other um, uh, aspects of Barbers. It, you know. Barbers, exactly. The, the ones that do cocktails and barbers. I think yeah. there's a place in Amsterdam. Like I mean, that. take any sort of also also African barbershops, man. Like, people talk some real shit there. And it's, uh, you know, you want to create a nice, safe environment for people. That's, uh, that's it. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, you're Turkish, of all people. Like, you should, you should definitely know about barbershops. <laughs> the thing is, I, it took me a while to find my perfect barbershop. Yeah. And it, it is it is funny how um how every every barbershop is different even though they're Turkish. Yeah. And I'm half English, half Turkish. So yeah. my, my hair isn't really that Turkish, but my hair isn't that English. So yeah. into people are like, Oh, just go to a Turkish barber, they know how to cut your hair. It's <laughs> like no they don't. See, so but that, I have the same thing because 'cause I'm also mixed. I'm German and Ghanaian and half the time people you know, I I have these these pretty much these curls. It's very different shit, but and then they're just like, can't you just go to an African barber? And I'm like, they would shave my fucking head and I would want to kill them at that point. So no, I can't. Yeah. But speaking of hospitality and guests, yeah. give me an example of a good guest moment. A good guest moment? A good oh, moment. I mean, the, the nicest thing you can do is, uh, you know, just also express a good time. You know, uh, it's nice. You know, we, we do like to hear when people appreciate what we've done and that they had a good time with it. And, you know, it's uh, also tip. <laughs> tip fucking helps. Tip is great, you know? but it's not always needed. No, no. Do not tip a shitty fucking experience. No. But also, don't be that kind of dick. And this is one of the shittiest experiences I have. And this happens a lot. It's just like, you know, guys will be coming up to pay and they'll be like, yeah, you know, I had a great fucking time. You guys did such a good job. Good service, everything. And then they have a bill of like 157 euros and they're just like, make it 160. And I'm like, oh, thank you nice go fuck yourself you know <laughs> like well, that's what i want to say at that point yeah but also too it is better than nothing it is it is better than nothing but at the same time it's just like wow 20 percent, 20 percent, 20 percent would be decent i would say minimum 10 up to 20 well if you yeah okay 10 percent. yeah 20 yeah up to 20 20 is the maximum i think yeah if you end up paying i don't know what, what i don't like is over tipped people like oh. when they're the, because it puts so much pressure on the outside. Because, yeah. like, for example, if a guy orders a bar coke and ends up t uh, spending 10 euros and then most likely they expect us giving them a free shot or whatever. Yeah. And then you're just like, and if you don't do it too. Well, that's, that's a pretty funny thing because I recently heard, like, in, um, in well, at least in Tel Aviv, uh, one of my friends said, you know, it's not, it's not very normal to, like, order shots. Like, yeah. it's something that is, like, offered to you in Tel Aviv. Yep. And, uh, you know, if, you're, if, if your bartender's having a good time with you or whatever, and it's like, it's almost expected that, you know, the, 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 uh, you, don't, you don't necessarily pay for the shots. And oftentimes when you order one, for example, like the bartender's going to be doing one with you, which is, which is also weird, you know, like how different cultures do that with, uh, with hospitality. Yeah, but I think in Netherlands is we have a shot culture. Yeah. And it is ridiculous. I think if, if I would have to give out so many free shots to people around the bar my businesses would have gone out of work no oh, well, i mean absolutely the amount of fucking people that are just like oh yeah get one for you too and i'm like <laughs> honestly if i did that with every fucking person that wanted to do shots by the bar then i would be laying on the ground you know it's my, my issue is is i do do that you do 
I I, I accept every shot that comes in. But what's nice is is, is that I don't put full shots most of the times. So I put yeah. half because I end up having maybe twenty or thirty shots behind the bar. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're working a party or something like that. Like I would I would deliberately put like a bottle of water with a with a quick pour there so I can you know take shots of water instead of. Uh, oh, I don't do that. Actual I don't do that. In the end, too, it's it's for me. It's 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 a bit of a disrespect if I take a bottle. Of, I mean, a shot of water. No, dude. Like you, you got to be able to survive the rest of the fucking day. Oh, but that's why I know how to survive it. It's right. I know my rhythm. Um, have you ever been really fucked up behind the bar? Oh, dude. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a stupid question. (laughs) No, it's not necessarily a stupid question, but I don't, I, I don't think there is a bartender that hasn't been at least once shit faced behind the bar. I do know one. You do know one? I do know one. Oh, there must, he must be an alcoholic that, like, nope. stopped drinking. He has never drank in his life, and he was a cocktail bartender. What? He is night, look, he is, Wait, he, but doesn't he taste his own cocktails? He tastes it, he spits it out. Oh, shit. He is amazing with his cocktails. The thing is, is he's the cheapest bartender you can have. Number one, yeah. is he gets paid well. He gets paid uh, the average salary, or maybe a bit more, Yeah. because usually he's in management position. And now he's he's not working on Hurricane anymore. He's actually doing a monsieur's college like uh, being a massage, basically a massage therapist. <laughs> but the the fucker—that's also hospitality, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So the the fucker, he would he would he doesn't drink coffee, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't uh, drink cola, he doesn't drink energy drinks. So no stimulants at all. Not at all. Wow. I buffed up as hell. Yeah. Really fucking nice guy, and he just works efficient. And but he's very strict with his hours. He doesn't let like this is one of the things with. I think with hospitality yeah. is, is that if you let them start to you know if you say yes to everything in hospitality as in do you want to do this uh, shift you're Can gonna, you stay you're here gonna fucking hour? destroy yourself yeah it does I've done that a lot because in the end too for me I was doing Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday from 4 till 7 in the morning in clubs yeah because I was saying yes and I used to live right in front of my club well I mean that's also the thing it creates a good working dynamic you know when you're when you're at least, you know, taking extra shifts or, you know, helping out when they're short on stuff. Like, it creates a good precedent and it creates a good team. You know, it means that we're all there for each other because, you know, we go through that same fucking struggle every day. However, Doesn't mean that you don't, that you have to be a pushover. Yeah, exactly, but it still comes to the fact that it goes from both ways. It goes it goes that, you know, you're, you're like, okay, these are my shifts. Can you do this week? Can you do an extra shift? Or could you stay a couple of hours? That's fine. Yeah. But if the management does that every fucking week mm. and then starts putting your shifts the same length and then you just keep on saying yes, yeah. who's going to get screwed over? Not management. Also, one of the best fucking things is when a colleague owes you one. Ooh. Like, can I switch this shift because I'm going to this party or that party? And um, holy shit, man, they being in your debt is the best fucking feeling ever. Oh, yeah, we ordered some food. Let's get some uh, where we... I'm 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 not drinking alcohol because I uh, I've had a pretty pretty bad week behind me. I'm not drinking that fucking beer. You guys go ahead. <laughs> well, so I'm gonna look like the alcoholic of the podcast. Maybe. No, I feel like I can. I feel like I drink more than you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, except for tequila, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> but anything else I can handle. But also for me, it comes in phases because you know it's not sustainable to be to be drinking all the time. Nope. Uh, that's no. uh, that's one of the things with uh, working behind the bar too. Yeah. You become such a, such so reliant on alcohol. Oh, but that's that's hospitality culture, especially in Holland. You know, after after closing, it's very typical to have a beer together. But or, during, uh, you know, it's uh, and a lot of times that can descend into a fucking you know downward spiral. Especially you know you're working your ass off all day, and a lot of people the only way they can cope with it is through 
stimulants. Alcohol. I mean, coke is also a huge thing, especially in the Hague. You know. Oh, I think there's also in Amsterdam and Rotterdam, all the big cities. Yeah, but the Hague is the biggest consumer in the Netherlands, huh? Oh Jesus! Yeah, they tested it through. Um, I think it was last year they tested it through sewage, and they're a bigger consumer than Amsterdam and Rotterdam. And they're, <laughs> Even sm- they're, and like, they're smaller. And they're much smaller. I mean, what Amsterdam has a has a million. The population is a million. More than a million. Yeah. And uh, the Hague is like five hundred thousand. It is. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but uh, Benjamin, could you uh, search up that for us? Yeah, the, actually, actually, look up the article of like the Hague, uh, like co-consumption in the Netherlands or drug consumption. But like the biggest drug consumed in all of the Netherlands, I think, is ecstasy and MDMA. Mm. Yeah, but it's also regulated very well. Yeah, I think that's why a lot like, of people come for ADE. They come for King's Day. They you yeah. know all these events too. Everybody has a good time because it is yeah. well regulated. ADE. Well, well regulated. I mean, if you go to King's Day in Amsterdam, you're going to be seeing a bunch of people vomiting, jumping into the canals, and which right. is ADE, for example. ADE, holy shit, man! That I is mean, that shit is, dude. You have posters everywhere. This is this is for the people yeah. who don't know Amsterdam or Netherlands very well. Mm. Is that we have a fest, uh, we have a three day festival kind of thing in Amsterdam called it's ADE. all of the city. It's a Amsterdam dance event, and every single club, every single. Uh, yeah, Bar, venue, venue. They have something with like DJs or whatever. But I've actually never been. I've lived in the Netherlands for 16 years and I've never gone to ADE. It is. It is crazy. I haven't been. I haven't done ADE for four years because of working in nightlife. Um, yeah. But what was interesting is how it is. You know, you have your medical medical tent set up. Yeah. And then you have posters everywhere in the club saying that if please have a glass of water. Yeah. Uh, if you have a situation, this is where this is where you know bartenders, you know people, uh, hospitality is very important too because we get trained to treat those people. Yeah. If they're having a panic attack, so if they're having a panic attack, if they're overdosing or all that sort of shit. And we're basically trained for it. And in yeah. the end, it says drink a glass of water if you feel a bit panicky or you know if you feel bad, go to the bartenders. Yeah. We're trained. I still need to get my first aid license. <laughs> it's, it's actually not good that I don't have it yet, but I do know how to do it all. Yeah, that's the thing. They teach you, Yeah, but they don't give you the license yet, unless, no, no. unless I mean, the my, businesses. Yeah, but that's also, it depends where you work, because most businesses, a lot of businesses will like pay those licenses for you, like your social hygiene and all that sort of shit. Uh, the social yeah. hygiene is, I think a lot of places don't actually have them. Um, There has to be at least one person working with social hygiene, but yeah, also, you know... We're not going to put anyone under the bus yet. No, 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 we're not. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, well, let's not mention any names. <laughs> no, we don't need to. We don't need to. No, absolutely. No, but I mean, that's, uh, you know, those are the ins and outs. It's kind of like the basic thing. And there's many specific situations. Yeah. I mean, also, you know, our experiences are a bit different because, you know, I work in a restaurant setting. You mostly worked in like club cocktail bar setting. I had a, I had a kind of a... Um, restaurant but it yeah i did work in a restaurant cocktail yeah. bar but not for long as a freelancer yeah um when i was doing my freelancing shift um i would go you know left and right but the yeah. thing was this too i was saying i had my main job and then i was doing the freelancing yeah i would end up doing uh, 20 hour shifts in one day oh yeah and then the next day again 20 hour again because there would be the freelancing event yeah. or festival and that's the thing find your fucking balance if you're working in hospitality because it can it can destroy you, and it's not sustainable to be working, you know, to be working like that all the time. Yeah, and this is something that actually people need to really be clear about. No, oh, absolutely. They really need to understand that this you will have the best time of your life, and also yeah. the worst time of your life too. Yeah, I mean that's why balance is fucking everything. And I mean, I've seen I've seen some people descend, you know, 
there's uh, plenty plenty of alcoholics and you know drug addicts in uh, in hospitality and some of them come out of it all right some of them don't but honestly if you don't have that sort of self discipline if you if you're not if you're not made for it then don't fucking do it i think it damages you more if you don't respect it um, yeah. if you work in a company yeah. you still do 9 to 5 you yeah. come back home or right, you go out party that's still your responsibility yeah absolutely you spend your money your job doesn't rely on it and the next thing of course you have to wake up yeah yeah uh, you still sleep at 11 but when you work in behind a bar and you become i don't know do you you just become an alcoholic and you drink like crazy behind the bar and then what's going to happen you're going to wake up at 2 p.m. the next day yeah. because arriving at 7 a.m. Yeah. and then you're going to start your shift at 4 same shit over again yeah. i remember at times where i would take a, somebody would already buy me a shot at 6 p.m. yeah exactly because they would see i'm hungover yeah and then i would continue the next 3 4 days and then my whole week is already wasted yeah. your social life that well, is one that's why you know everyone everyone of course has their own fucking threshold and everyone has their own you know level of discipline for me the rule is if i you know need any of that shit to carry on then i'll quit then and i can't you know then there's then there's no point in me going on Yep. Otherwise, uh, I'm just going to be destroying myself, and uh, it's uh, you know I I I want to like what I'm doing. Yep. And that's also the thing about hospitality; it can be the hardest fucking job in history, but you also have to enjoy it. Yep. You know. That's why I still do some shifts, maybe yeah. three weeks or something. I help out in a bar in Amsterdam, which is a great place. One yeah. day, don't need to worry about it. Do one good shift. Mm. I get paid at the end of the night. I get my tips in the, the night. I don't have to worry next after then after I go to like after party yeah. and yeah. then until eight and nine. And I don't do drugs. So for me, espresso is key and tequila. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's also the funny thing because I was working once with a um, with a teacher. He was a, um, a high school teacher. And this guy, you know, he would he would do three shifts um, for this uh, for this beach club. And I was like, well, okay. Why why do you do it? And he says because I enjoy it. You know, it's it's a nice dynamic job. You're not dealing with the same sort of shit all the time. Also, you know, that that bar was uh, pretty much just like cut off so people can't order by the bar, people don't sit by the bar. You just make your drinks. There was a good balance in that yeah. bar. And he says, "Yeah, you know, I don't have to interact with people all the time, just my colleagues." And, you know, if you if you make it efficient for yourself, you you just ha- you're just going to have a good time. You have a nice flow and uh, you make it, you know, you make it happen. Yep, that's very true. Absolutely. I think um the issue with um one second. <coughs> <laughs> uh the issue with I think beach clubs it's one of the most toxic uh, in my opinion it is one of the most toxic places to work at. In hospitality. In hospitality. I I am very much inclined to agree. I mean, I've 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 done it. I'm never going back. I mean I've helped out, you know, when friends of mine were owners and they were really really short and I had a little bit of time. I thought, you know what, fuck it, I'll jump in. But consistently that shit can destroy you. You're working ridiculous hours, especially cuz you know there's always a fucking staff shortage. Yep. You're you're going to have to pick up the slack for the fucking But that's place. the thing. They don't pay you like one is they want to make as much as money as possible in oh, six yeah. months. Yeah. And they make a they make, make a bang. T- they make Bank. I mean, not all of them do, but a lot of them make fucking bank. The ones that the ones that actually treat them people the worst, yeah, they make bank. Yeah, and the thing is, is here is that they don't get they get paid a normal salary. Although I do have to say, I'm I'm inclined to disagree because you know there's a lot of places where um I feel I feel like the most successful places, especially in the Hague, are the ones that have the most regular workers. So people that literally come back every season. 
like yeah. you know managers and all that sort of shit i knew people that would work three or four months you know for a summer season and then for the rest of it they would travel or they would save up for their house or you know just work odd little jobs because they're being they're being paid enough to sustain themselves yeah but there's not a lot of that there no i think the, the, not the, anymore if you if you count the top 10 and then you have the top five if they deducted down to top five there's still places that make so much money and they pay, underpay their staff yeah um then they start having 16 year olds working yeah and then they have uh basically and they don't want to pay their staff maybe one or two years more yeah. an hour and then they make i don't know they, they use the ticket logic yeah uh, the the little uh tickets oh yeah the 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 tokens the tokens yeah, which the is party the, tokens the party tokens which is the most bullshit shit i My see in God. the world biggest dip in your fucking wallet that you can have after going to a party yep holy shit i mean I, i've known people that literally have 80 euros worth of tickets left at the end of the evening and they can't use it again and they can't use it again unless unless it's like a certain event that goes on for longer but a lot of times you can't use those things again yeah because the logic is you already paid for your drinks yeah and in the end too that's why for example in those kind of places i did give out free drinks because i know there's going to be an idiot who buys in 100 tickets to gloat off holy shit but I, also I, like i i was i was spiteful when i was working at the beach like our, we we had a new owner at some point and there was this guy Yeah, uh, he he had like a, a group app, and he sent like yeah. If if I catch anyone giving out free drinks, they're fired on the spot. And it was the funniest fucking thing because he was desperate, fucking desperate for uh, uh, for staff. And you know he'd he'd have a lot of people that you know I I was paid fucking terribly at that place. I think everyone was paid. And I remember that one time I just you know gave out a shot for someone and didn't you know didn't take the tickets. And uh, he's looking at me, and he's like, "Jay, that's not so, like that's not the that's not really the point here. Huh? You do realize like that's not allowed." And I'm like, "Well, fucking fire me then, <laughs> you know." And then he walked away, didn't say shit. No, but the thing <laughs> is, is too is that this is this is a thing that a lot of bars should have the the free shots. Not of course, not like no, 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 no. As in, you know, when somebody's paying for service, and of course they pay fifty euros or something that like they order. You want to, if they're nice, give them a shot. Oh, absolutely. What this, what this brings is actually people will actually come more often. Yeah, and then they'll order maybe ten more shots. That's the thing, and it's, like there is so much preferential treatment. Like you think guest is fucking king. This is why we call it guest is not king because you know the amount of influence we have on your experience. And also, you know, the 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 amount of determination and say that we have, like you you, you don't realize how unequal those power dynamics are. Yeah, and because if you want to try something new, you yeah. ask the bartender. Yeah, exactly. If you want to try mean, new food, same. And we can easily say no. <laughs> yeah. Um. Usually, I I try to sell like this is what I what I learned from for my sales journey right yeah. now too is consult to sell. Yeah. And that's what we do. Um, a good bartender consult the sell. He doesn't just sell the most expensive shit in the counter. I remember oh. one guy came up to me and he said, "Yo, can I get the most expensive shot you have?" And I looked at him and was like, "Are you sure?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna serve it to you." He's like, "What do you mean? It's 88 euros per shot." And he looked at me and was like, "What's the second one?" Oh, that one's 25. <laughs> He's like, "Okay, give me the 25 one." I said, and then I looked at him too. I'm not gonna give you the 25. I can actually give you something that is tasty, that is not expensive as this. Also, those those kinds of people are literally. Like I that that's when I cap off. Like th- this, I literally judge you at that point when you're literally just ordering something expensive to order something expensive. You know, just like you know, I remember once I was at uh, at a bar and they said, "Yeah, can we get a bottle of Grey Goose?" And I'm like, "Ah, you're one of those cunts." You know, 
It's uh, it's it's the most pretentious fucking shit ever. And if if you order an expensive bottle of tequila, it will taste different. Or mezcal, different than every other mezcal, because every mezcal has a different master. Vodka. That's true, but I mean, a lot of times, people like if you're asking for something specific, then sure, like uh, maybe maybe you know what you're talking about. But for example, Grey Goose. Grey Goose is like it's it's Just one get of kettle the, one. Yeah, you might as well because it's it's just as you know just as many times distilled. The only thing that you know, Grey Goose is better. I was marketing. Yep. <laughs> you know. Well, Kettle One is actually getting really good at their marketing. Oh, absolutely. But it's also good. You know, it's a nice, you know, well balanced vodka, and yep. you can use it for fucking anything. Better than Smirnoff. Yeah. <laughs> Fucks. Oh my God, Smirnoff. <laughs> I think uh, I think around ninety percent of the world has been traumatized by Smirnoff. What is your What is your most traumatizing drink? Shit, Samari. Yeah, the licorice, uh, licorice uh, shot. Uh, Samari and Jägermeister. I had this situation in um, Jägermeister and Samari, both. Yeah. Of them. I had a situation where I was in Berlin and I went to this Peggy Wu opening concert. Yeah. It was one of her releases. I go, and my ex she used to always give me half of her shots, so <laughs> we would take twenty shots each. However, I would end up having thirty. Yeah. I have a five-hour blackout. <laughs> I wake up in the hotel room. The after like blackout, <laughs> arrive, sleep, wake up, alcohol poisoning, full on. Oh shit! Um, I asked my ex, "Yo, what the fuck happened?" She's like, "Oh, you don't remember?" I was like, "No, you worked behind the bar." I was like, "What?" It's like, "Yeah, the management came and thanked you and gave us guest list to another party the next day." <laughs> I was like, "What?" It's like, "Yeah, yeah," and I end up in backstage. She always ends up in backstage. I don't know how oh, the fuck she does it. Yeah, some people, some people just have that, have that sort of shit. But also, that's the thing about hospitality; it connects you. I mean, you meet all kinds of crazy people. That's also why we're saying, you know, you're not as special as you think you are because we've met all of you. We've had diplomats. We've had, you know, politicians, judges. Drug dealers. Drug dealers. <laughs> all kinds of people sitting by the bar. And in the end, it just comes down to the fact that, you know, you're, you're a fucking person. And the only thing that makes you special is having a good time and making and, uh, a good time. And treating everyone and with respect. And treating everyone with respect. Absolutely. No, my... My most traumatizing fucking drink is either safari or uh, apfelkorn. Wait, safari? What is safari? Oh, safari is this like sort of really sweet, disgusting liqueur. It was like that's the thing. I feel like my most traumatizing experiences with the drinks was when I was a teenager, because mm. you don't you don't know how to drink yet. You don't know how to regulate yourself. And safari is like one of those sweet things, and I I still remember the exact taste of the vomit that I had the next day. It was like it was horrific. And apfelkorn is also one of those things that you can kind of drink like water, and by the end of the night you're you're completely fucked. Also absinthe, but that was that was a weekend in Prague. That was my, uh, <laughs> my, my absinthe experience has been very funny. Yeah. Um, usually when somebody a guest actually pisses me off, instead of just not serving them, I usually give them a free shot of absinthe. Oh, and that's also the funny thing when someone pisses you off. Like you could, there's so many creative ways to fuck up their evening. I think. What I realize is, is if you let people walk over you, yeah, you you really screw it up for your colleagues. Oh, absolutely. And the whole experience of the bar. Yeah, that's one of the things I always tell people: don't let people walk over you. It yeah. does not matter, even if he has a gun. And I mean, especially if it's a busy day, put them on the fucking spot. Put them on the spot because so th they will be embarrassed. That's and they why will never like, come back. That's why, for example, when I had this situation in the bar, where they were gonna have a fight, what I did is I just. Turn off the light. Turn on the lights. Yeah. Close the music, and I looked at him directly. And me having a kid, I looked at him. I said, "You, you go to your corners." He's mm -hmm. like, "Ba ba ba." No, I don't care. I'll leave the lights on and the music uh, off until yeah. you guys go to your corners. And everybody was looking at them. 
they go to their corners i turn off the light they just stand in the corners for like half an hour or something like <laughs> a, you know like very fucking depressed like yeah. little five-year-olds and that's the thing you know <laughs> sometimes when you're drunk you do act like a kid yeah um then later i just looked at them i was like okay you two come here don't fucking make a discussion here's your shots on the house take it enjoy your shit you go hook up with the girl over there that you were talking to all night long you go up over there and just throb just talk to your guy friends yeah they enjoyed the whole night and they actually came and thanked me after another situation where this guy was acting like a douchebag to his uh, girlfriend I go up to him and say yo can you chill the fuck down and he yells, yells at me yeah I thought to myself you know what I'm not gonna yell at this guy I'm not gonna kick him out I gave him two shots of options and then um, he looked at me I was like oh I'm so sorry for being rude to you here's two shots of options take it all please or else I have to pay for it just take it it's on the house oh god my apologies takes it ends up going to the bathroom puking his guts out <laughs> I had to open the door from the outside call security open the door the guy's like kind of passed out on the fucking um, toilet oh god and then my, my security guy looks at me he's like what the fuck did you do I was like I just made him enjoy the night <laughs> and then he kind of my I lift up his head I was like oh, you okay buddy <laughs> and then uh, turned to my security guy just could you take him out please and he kind of woke up too and I looked him in the eyes said ah oh, so who the fuck do you think you are and he kind of realized that it, I screwed him over there. Yeah. He went outside and then I um, I ended up getting the number of the girlfriend. <laughs> ha. That's the thing. We can be your biggest fucking wingman and we can ruin everything for you. It's uh, especially especially as a barman, you know. And that's why I like brief dates. Yeah. So the, uh, the, for the people who don't know, this is this new concept called a brief date where you don't talk anything. You just book a time. You match, you book a time, you book a date, you book a location, and then you go without knowing each other. Oh. So it's it's it goes both ways. It's I pretty much it, like a blind date. Then. It's a blind date. It's yeah. a blind date that's planned. The first round is paid for. Um, either he or she pays for it through the app, or cocktails are 50% off. Mm. The matter of awkwardness and jokes. Like sometimes you see people match perfectly. Yeah. It's beautiful. You yeah. see these relationships, you know, shine. You're like, oh, these guys will get married in the future. And then yeah. you see these ones where they're just quiet the whole time and the and guy's like checking out other girls. Uh, the girl is checking out other guys thinking, what the fuck am I going to do? And then they start leaving and then they split the bill mm. and then you realize, ah, shit. Okay, what do you, what do you think? Who do you think should pay? Whoever invites. Exactly. I, I think wouldn't, I wouldn't fucking agree more. I think uh, the concept of the guy should pay. Of course, usually I always try to pay when I invite someone. Mm. If they invite me, I will always offer the half yeah, of, of mine. Offering, offering, honestly, is the is like is like a really good starting point. You yeah. know, if someone just expects you to pay, then don't go on. A I think as a, as them. a guy though, that it is still a bit of um, it's still a bit of an embarrassment. Wait, hold on. The uh, the the delivery person I think is here. Wait, let me pick up. Whoops. Uh, Benjamin's going to get in there. Aw. Sweetheart. But um, <laughs> I think it's 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 very, like, the as as a guy doing that is very different compared to a girl saying that they'll offer their half. Usually, as for guys, it's even more amazing. But for girls, for example, when they expect you to pay and you say, can we split the bill? Unless they didn't invite, like, a, if I invite a girl and then I say, let's split the bill, okay, if she offered it, great. If she didn't offer it, it's embarrassing for me. Mm-hmm. But if the girl does the opposite and the um, the girl invites the guy, the guy is automatically expected to pay for half or at least all of it. Oh, then I don't go on a second date. No, exactly. I don't go on a second fucking date then. 
But this is what I what I love seeing behind the bar. Yeah. Easy. Oh my god, that shit's so fucking awkward. But half the a lot of times you can be standing there like, oh god, I don't want to be here right now. But then later on, you'll be laughing your ass off about the situation. Oh, I do. I every I love those dates. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm like, okay, I see the awkwardness. Should I actually fix it for them? Yeah. I would go and actually have a little you know conversation, stand yeah. up, act a bit crazy, so they can maybe talk about me. As in like, <laughs> oh, what the fuck is this bartender bringing us two free shots on the yeah. house? Or I would actually act like the guy, like I know the guy. I remember once I did this where I turned to the guy and I just said, oh, bro, how's it going? Oh, he's, you know, last time you came here, you had a lovely tie. He's a shop, whatever. And then the girl was like, Did you, do you know this guy? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we we know him for, I, I know we know each other for a couple of times. He's yeah. came here. He's lovely guy. But he wasn't a regular. Yeah. And that's where it comes to the logic of love and care for your bartenders because we can be we can make it break it we can make it break we it can we can break it, it break it we can break it very nicely yeah. or we can actually fix it very nicely of course we we have the power until a certain point if yeah. we're, we're if we're wingmanning you like normally we're gonna be there to support you but we're yeah. not gonna dare to fix it for you no fuck that fuck that if you fuck up we're uh we're not helping but yeah, yeah. yeah but that's, that's the thing is is for guests the logic of the guests is not king is, yeah. is that we want you to treat us with respect and we want to create the best experience ever you know and that's the point of it best tips what we can give guests I think after the being respectful part yeah absolutely read the fucking room read the room yeah read the fucking room before you order your uh, special cocktail that you want that doesn't have any egg white or doesn't have any um, that wants to be an alternative special that you want to do I think the, one of the worst recipes I got. Oh yeah, virgin margarita. Oh, I get that a lot too. Oh, just order a sprite. Yeah. Just yeah. just just order lemonade. That's the same yeah. shit. Yeah. Because a margarita just has contro tequila and lime. But what the fuck do you expect it yeah. to be a virgin? Yeah, fuck that. Okay, if but there's an alternative drink. Should we uh, should we take a little break so we can eat? Yep. All right. Well, let's take a break. Well, talking about alternatives. When people are ordering virgin cocktails. All right, fine. If uh, Now there are actually virgin drinks coming out. Like, yeah, like virgin, virgin alcohol. Virgin alcohol. Yeah, basically. The, what would you, would you call them? Virgin alcohol? Virgin gin? Just, well, the thing is the fact that you're calling it gin or whatever. Gin is supposed to be a certain type of alcohol, isn't it? Well, it, is, it is the berries that makes it. The, so the juniper, yeah. Juniper berries and all the botanicals and all that sort of shit. So, for example, seed lip. Really good um, virgin gin. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty I decent. don't know. I haven't I haven't fucked around with them too much because I I like to make like uh, mocktails and virgin cocktails from just like natural juices or you know spices and all that sort of shit. But I don't know. Like the it's, yeah, the alcohol substitutes. It just seems like it's just like you know with vegan meat. I'm just like you. You're vegan. You made the fucking commitment. Like don't make us suffer. <laughs> well, no, it's not necessarily don't make us suffer. I, I mean, right, cool. Have your have your vegan meat for for all I care. But you kind of like you're kind of defeating the point, you know. Yeah. But in the, a way, that's the, the, the same logic of if you're gonna order a virgin cocktail, you can ask the oh, do you guys have virgin? Uh, do you guys have seed lip, which is a uh, basically an alternative to gin, uh, mm. which is really good. You can yeah, I'm never for, buying that for the restaurant. So you could do a seed lip um, sour because all you just need is sugar, lime. Uh, egg white and gin you know that's basically and that gin is the alternative of the alcohol yeah. free now then, then it makes sense however if you come to me and say I want a virgin mojito <laughs> that that always pisses me off I'm just or like, yeah. virgin porn star oh god 
my there's, there's this place that I worked at. They would actually sell virgin cocktails for like twelve euros a, a piece. Yeah. Honestly, I would I would kind of deliberately. Uh, I would I would deliberately inflate those fucking prices. Yeah, <laughs> Don't no, quote me on that, by the way. <laughs> no, the, no, but I'm just like, you know, you, you're making extra work for us. Uh, if you ask me a virgin mojito, all right, just... You know what? You can make your own virgin mojito. Just yeah, order, like do that shit at home. Just uh, No, or even this. It's If you're going to ask for a virgin mojito in a bar that's charges 12 euros per cocktail or virgin cocktail, just say, can I get a surprise with crushed ice and a mint by it? Yeah, D- yeah. They... Just do like, that. We gladly and be, do that for you. And that's going to be four euros yeah. or five euros in your pocket. But I feel like also a lot of the people just don't know what ingredients go into it. So they're just like, oh yeah, can you make it like, can you make a virgin? Like not knowing what it's actually made of. Yeah. Like mojito, for example. Oh man, I fucking hate making them. Never again. Well, I never want to make mojitos again. It's annoying to make it, especially. However, if you were to decide to pick pre-mix or make your own mojito, you would pick to make your own mojito because pre-mix is well, usually certain, like shit. Certain things you can pre-mix yourself. Oh, I know, but I'm saying yeah. like the the you know one of the beach clubs that I worked at, they had this really bad mojito pre-mix bottle where mm. you just basically put it inside it, and then you put soda water, and that's it. And it was disgusting. And the owner knew it. Mm. The bartender knew it, and we still had to serve that shit. Yeah, but then most of the time, you know, with these sort of virgin drinks, most owners, most managers, most barmen. They literally don't do their best for those. Nope. I mean, unless it's like a really specialized sort of cocktail bar, cool. But we're going to have a menu for certain virgin cocktails because it is convenient for us to make, but we're not going to be, you know, customizing every single fucking thing for you. Like, yeah, go to the States where, you know, people are fucking begging for your tips and they'll they'll gladly do it, you know? And of course. Yeah, we're not, we're not here. It's, I have a ton of respect for people who don't drink. You know, mm-hmm. well, in in a way, you know, of course, the ones that really just don't decide because of trauma, because of family things, because of yeah, fine. of course, they actually. So you have uh, you have respect for Trump too. <laughs> Trump doesn't drink. <laughs> <laughs> it is a respectful thing because imagine if that guy was drunk. I have respect for him now because I just. Well, no, why well, would you ever say like he's already this fucking off the chain? Exactly, that's the respect he's that he's actually saving us the hassle of him not not being drunk. So can you just imagine him being drunk? God, I feel like he wouldn't get anything done. Like I think I think that would actually be better because he'd just be passed out half the fucking time with his big ass belly. Yeah, and a exactly. KFC in his hand. Yeah, <laughs> fucking McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> fucking guy. Did Happy he, did, Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Evan and margarita. You know what? I like my margaritas. Without With alcohol. With no alcohol. Tremendous. <laughs> He's in the bar just sitting. You know what? This is not the... Wait, maybe he would actually like um, Mexico more if he liked alcohol. Tequila. If he fell in love with tequila. Nah, I don't think so. Do you know he hates best- all these uh, quote-unquote shithole countries, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know the best margarita comes from tequila? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> From Mexico, <laughs> we're not gonna put a border anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining him drunk as hell. Just standing. you do a really good impression. It's kind of <laughs> fucked up, man. I just can't. I think like if there was, I think there was alcohol involved when he was picking the presidency. Like when he decides to, you know, he has his all everyone on this table. No, I think I think there was definitely full on coke involved because coke is an ego drug. You know, it'll inflate you. It's just like, yeah, you know what. <laughs> I could definitely become the fucking president. Yeah! I'm, I'm just, I just have this image of him just standing between 10 people. Do you know what, guys? 
I'm gonna run for president. <laughs> and she snorts another line, and we're like, what do you mean? You uh, heard what I said. You heard what I said. <laughs> I am going to run for presidency. I'm gonna be the best president in the United States of America. <laughs> and now imagine that drunk. Oh my god. <laughs> But yeah, speaking of the drugs and drugness and whatever, what was the result of the thing? How many people? Oh yeah, yeah. That was we, for we the still, article. It was about the uh, cocaine uh, consumption. Consumption for the Netherlands. Yeah. The cocaine consumption for the Netherlands. I was, uh, I was following this course. It was not per se for the Netherlands, but it was that okay. Netherlands near top of list for the potential cocaine trafficking. Yeah. And then you talk Oop, about expected. The, <clears throat> oh wait, sorry. We got to provide context because they probably can't hear you. Hold on. Let's give you the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Let me say some. Uh, some This is words. Ben, by the way. Introduce yourself. Hi guys. My name is Benjamin. And I'm the technician of this podcast, so this is the first time you hear me right now, I think it's good right there. Right? Yeah. yeah Netherlands near top of the list for potential cocaine trafficking uh, from the Europol, <clears throat> of course. Uh, it's difficult to say how much cocaine reaches Europe. We assume that 2,000 tons of cocaine are produced annually in Colombia alone, What? and more than 60% is shipped to Europe. 60% and around uh, 40, 40% is used by Horeca workers <laughs> yeah. no politicians oh politicians I think they will be able to race with each other oh, yeah. no. Europe Europe is becoming a hub in the global cocaine trade wait becoming aren't According, they already becoming yeah this, this is uh, from 2020 I think it's oh in two years a lot of changes after COVID kicking in But that, that's more yeah now especially yeah no but it was uh, it was kind of funny because uh, I was following this uh, this course on um, I was following this course on uh, organized crime and drug trafficking and all of that and um, through sewage you can easily like test how um, how much consumption there is you can get an average it's the same thing with like Wait, covid covid sewage. infections and stuff yeah You could check that shit. Wait, you, do you mean through sewage canals? Yeah, yeah. Like, for example, uh, people's stools and piss and all that sort of shit will be tested and then they can get like an average of how much people are doing in that, in a certain area or in a certain building even. And uh, the, I think the biggest co-consumers in all of Europe are Vienna and Stockholm. And uh, secretly... Vienna? Yeah. And secretly they tested them too and a fuck ton of it came from Parliament. <laughs> they literally, they directly tested Parliament uh, sewage, and it was a fuckhead of coke that came out of that. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, this is well, technically, this is hospitality, drugs, sex, and alcoholism, and food, and food. Yeah, food is, but food is compared to all three of them is. I feel I, I don't know. I feel like hospitality is just the kind of place where you just uh, kind of live out your desires and you you kind of your inhibitions are. Uh, If you have the budget. If you have the budget, yeah, but your inhibitions are a bit, like, looser, you know? Yeah, you don't really have to, you know, dress smart or, you know, be in a... Well, yeah, depending on the are, restaurant, yeah. yeah. Depending on the place. Although, like, I, I fucking hate that shit, too. Like, I'm not one for formality. I, like, even when even when I have guests on the bar and stuff, I will be swearing or at least I'll say, like... Yeah, I think there's a certain amount that can be done. Yeah, yeah. You But know. also, like, I've I've been, <laughs> I went to this Michelin star restaurant in Amsterdam, and I walked in in like a hoodie and uh, <laughs> and not even jeans. I was wearing um, what's it called? These like these pants that I wear for work. <laughs> they're like uh, they're like these cloth pants, and, <laughs> and everyone, everyone else like sick. everyone else in the restaurant is like in suits and shirts and all that sort of shit. 
<laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't be fucked. I think if I shit. if I saw you coming in and I'm the bartender, I'll be like, yeah, definitely this guy works in that life. Yeah, probably. hundred percent. <laughs> but poor man. You can. I feel like you can tell when someone works in hospitality. Hundred yeah. percent. Um, also, they, we watch each other like hawks. That is, yeah, that is the thing. Um, you pay attention to every single fucking detail when you to. go out. Yeah, you kind of have to, but it also kind of ruins it for you. You know, just like you know when 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 there's little things that go wrong and you're just like, oh fuck, that can be done so much better. It can. It could probably. Oh, you mean like, from the guest side, as in when you are the guest? Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. but that's why that's what I mean. That happened in Berlin. I ended up working behind the bar. Yeah. Um, same in a lot of clubs and or bars in Amsterdam. I end up helping out behind the bar, and I'm just like, all right, at least I get free drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, my budget like for example if I go out in Amsterdam compared to the Hague I yeah. don't spend that much yeah and well, that's it, also because of connections yeah that that is kind of the important fact for me but <laughs> but when you're in the guest side yeah it's, you know the worst is when you're in the US when I was in the US and I just see them suffering and I'm, they have a lot of regulations yeah, I mean uh, I don't think I can I think it's fucking hard to compare anything to the US especially when it comes to hospitality I mean what the fuck Like, for example, if we are working behind the bar here and we really need someone to help out, like a friend drops by, and you know yeah. he works in nightlife, you know everything, you can just say, yo, bro, can you couldn't just come behind the bar and clean some glasses? Perfect. Helps yeah. out a lot. In the US, you can't. No. Yeah, because it's not your job and you get like a different pay grade or something like that. Or you have a shit. lot of regulation health-wise. Yeah, all that sort of But shit. But I'm pretty sure they're more disgusting than most of the bars in the... Uh, No, I mean they. I think in the in the states they're pretty strict about that stuff. They have like more regular sort of health checks and uh, hygiene checks and all that. Sort oh of yeah, shit. they have the ABCs. Yeah, the grading and all that sort of stuff. But like, I don't know. Hospitality in the states. I, I've I've been multiple times and like the tipping culture is fucking toxic. Like, I mean, the fact that they depend on their tips to be able to be paid like a a living wage is fucking disgusting we complain about here how much we get paid we get paid on we are underpaid but we most don't have most of the time we're underpaid yeah we don't have but we don't have the tipping culture only people that tip most of the times are people who can afford to tip or they have uh, a background in nightlife or they, you know culture wise they were raised mm. that way or in uh, nightlife well in hospitality I mean the Dutch tip quite they always not always but they often tip oh this is wine But they don't. They don't tip. Uh, they don't tip a lot. Like, no. But it's also not needed. Not necessarily. I mean, some of the jobs it would. It is kind of needed considering what you're making. But I don't know. I mean, tipping. Tipping is. Uh, tipping should be a reward. It shouldn't be something yeah. you depend on. Yeah. You know, right. it's it's something that you got for you know doing a good job, creating a good experience, and that's it. But that's how it. Is like re- it is, it is a fucking owner's and a manager's responsibility to pay their fucking workers a fair wage. You know, people got to live on that shit. Yep. And uh, hospitality is, you know, it is, a, it is an important part of culture. You know, that is where true. do you go when you want to meet up with friends? You go to a pub or you to get some coffee. You know, we're there. Yeah, we're everywhere. I mean, look how fucking miserable we were during lockdown. Yeah. Protests and everything. The one, the industry that got fucked the most is the, you know, the hospitality oh, yeah. industry. Yeah. I um, mean, certain certain countries did help out the hospitality sector quite a bit. Uh, Netherlands but wasn't the Netherlands that much. was like it was fuck all subsidy or yeah. Fuck the all next help. next minute is uh, the Formula One race is happening. They let everyone mm-hmm. go, but they're like, oh yeah, we can't let um, hospitality do its thing. Yeah, what the fuck are you expecting? Although also that that's a that's a I found so funny too. Now with the World Cup, like no alcohol or no football, alcohol. no alcohol. 
Holy shit. Like, you, it's literally one of the most alcoholic fucking games ever. I mean, I, I can't stand football, so, but every time I've watched a football game with friends, we'd be drinking, you know, a fuck ton of beer. Things is, if I were to go to a World Cup, I mean, let's, let's just skip all the countries, the UK, England, Scotland, Ireland. You think they're going to go just watch the game. They want to go watch the game, watch their team play, and they want to get fucked up. Oh, yeah. They want to get shit face. And that's an extra enjoyment. And then the next day, they're going to be hungover and watch the second game really hungover and continue drinking. And that's the fun of the game, too. Nobody's going to yeah. do some hooligan shit. But, they but just... I mean, it's also, you know, we we like to we like special occasions. We like to have a reason to celebrate. It's the same thing with football. You know, you lose, you drink your sorrow away. You win, you you know, you celebrate your fucking win with alcohol. <laughs> that's like, that's most, most of the time fucking part of it. But yeah, I mean, this is, this is not news. It's, uh, this is... <laughs> I think everyone's talked about how fucking ridiculous that show is. But yeah, there's plenty of things much worse with Qatar than uh, yeah. <laughs> than the fucking hospitality sector or the they're PR non-alcohol. shit right now. <laughs> they're, they're, like, they're trying to make it look good. Now they're actually bringing expects and all of the, the supporters. No, but it's, it's, it's very interesting how much alcohol is involved in our life. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very cultural thing. Every nearly every country has its uh, like si- signature drink. I mean, also you know, Japan fucking sake or shochu. In Korea, you have soju. Mexico, tequila and mezcal. Agave spirits. Yeah, in uh, Brazil, cachaça. Uh, know, Ireland, Bur- Ireland, yeah. school, German Weizenbier. You know, uh, fucking Czech Republic lager. Yep. Yeah. Turkey, Reki. Oh yeah. Greece, Uzo. <laughs> it's the same as Raki. Talk, uh, talk about, yeah, but Raki and Uzo, like, talk about fucking drinks that could, that could ruin a whole fucking week for me. Holy but the shit. thing is, is, those drinks, you actually just drink it on a table with, with you know, friends and actually sing and cry with um, Turkish um, songs. Yeah, because the alcohol fucks you up so much, you want to sing and cry. <laughs> but it's, it's a good kind of drunk. Uh, That's I what I, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I we're, not, a- we're not trying to, we're not trying to like, you know, <laughs> push drinking as a good kind of thing it, or push, push like being drunk as a good thing. <laughs> I enjoy it. I genuinely enjoy it until I a like point- a, I like a good buzz, but I don't, I don't like being drunk. Sometimes once in a while it's really fun to just get wasted. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, very occasionally. Yeah. You know? No, no. It's, it's hard. One is hard to get wasted as myself. And I think you have this too, where it becomes too expensive to get wasted. But that's well, no. the reason why you do it, right? I mean, yeah, no. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be expensive. I mean, you can just pre drink at home or, you know, house parties. Everybody brings a bunch of, brings a bunch of drinks and you haven't really spent that much. Or working behind a bar. Or working behind. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing is like sometimes, when I when I feel like drinking, especially during weekends, I'm just like, oh yeah, I have a new recipe. Can I? Uh, are we gonna share one? I talked to my I talked to one of the owners or one of the managers, and it's like, yeah, let's go. And then, <laughs> and then we're uh, yeah, no, we're <laughs> getting I, completely shitfaced. I together. had a similar situation. I was helping out um, my friend's bar with his menu, and we had to try out every cocktail, and we were drinking. And already it was eleven. We started at five, eleven o'clock. We're already fucked up wasted. <laughs> We ended up at 5 a.m. at his place again. And then a couple of people from the other bars, they also came. And then as a last step, my friend brings out a bottle of the mezcal. We're drinking this. I looked at it. I was like, nope, I'm going to go because I'm already wasted. And I know my guts are going to pop out. 
And then he was like, but I'm going to take, you're staying with me. And I said, all right, no problem. I'm going to walk. It's going to take me 45 minutes. <laughs> I'll forget half of the journey. Um, I, once, I once walked to this beer bar and we had a beer tasting. Holy shit. We'd, we'd have to try every single kind of beer. And I think there were, uh, I think there were like 50 different kinds. Oh, no. I mean, even if that accumulates in like sips or, you know, sometimes you have to give like a second or third taste so you can... Or just yeah, finish so you can it get a good feel. Yeah, no, you don't want to finish all that shit. But oh my god, man, we left completely shit faced. It was uh, it was horrible. But if you were to give a good moment behind the bar where you were shit faced, wasted, how much did you fuck up? Or have you? Well, this is a better question. Have you ever fucked up behind the bar? Oh, big time! I mean, I've broken glass, I've dropped things recently uh, in the cocktail station. Um, we were we were busy as shit, and um, the the uh, what's it called the ice shovel is uh, yeah it's made of fucking steel. It hit the glass, and then the glass landed in the fucking ice bucket. We literally had to clear out the whole fucking thing and like struggle with the measly amount of fucking ice that we had left. It was absolutely fucking horrible. That, it's like those sort of moments where you just feel kind of defeat, but you're still really busy, so you, you, you no pretty choice. much like you don't even have time to get pissed off or sad, you know. Yeah, I had. A, I remember I had a runner who did that, and I remember we had no ice left as that was our last last little row yeah. of ice. Similar situation. The the runner just breaks it inside the thing, and I just look at him like, you know, I really want to beat the shit out of you right now. <laughs> yeah, it's just like one of those like I know it's a mistake, but I really could kill you right now, you know. <laughs> but he shouldn't have been there. That's the other issue too. Yeah. He shouldn't have been there. And I look at him. I was just okay. Be patient. <laughs> He's new. He's innocent. You'll yeah. f- you'll fuck him up later. But we got a hundred people in front of us, and then in the end too, they see us take it. But what's the worst part? Yeah, is- but by the end of the day, you calm down, and then you actually just have a normal fucking talk with them. It's not like you're ripping their fucking heads. Oh, off. of course, of course. But that's the thought in the moment. But it, it, it's even funnier too when you have actually. This is one thing I hate when shit is going down and the guests don't know. Like they they see it. They see yeah. something's going down. You tell them, and it's like, yeah, where's my beer? Can I have a porn star martini? I'm sorry. Mm. Do you want a porn star martini with a glass inside of it? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a high risk. But high also, reward. like in impatient people, I I love killing. Like I love just finding creative ways to tell, like to fuck them up. Like especially yeah. if they're being impatient, they're just like, yeah, I've been waiting for 15 minutes, even though it's been like five. You know, they're always always like to exaggerate about that shit. Like we time ourselves, and we can see the tickets, and we can see the time difference from when when people ordered that shit. You know, like don't. Don't try to fuck with us like that. And that's when I make them wait longer. Or yeah. I or I fuck up the recipe and then I have to do it again or something like that, you know? But also just like half the time just saying like, yeah, no, I'm making it. Can you wait? You know? Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's but it goes both ways too. Yeah. It's sometimes we do actually get late because of our own stupidity. Of or being hungover. Or being stupid. Or yeah. just not organizing it for well. But um it it is it is really funny to mess with those um, yeah. impatient ones, but the ones that really don't have you know, right? If you're waiting for ten minutes, I understand. I fucked up. I'll yeah, fix but it. Like a cocktail, like cocktails, they good. I mean, you have thirty second cocktails, of course. Yeah. But if it's you know, if you just got into like peak time, there's fifteen, twenty fucking uh, tickets uh, hanging from the fucking wall. I yeah, mean, of no course, choice. it's gonna take a little bit longer, and then you got to you got to work at your own fucking speed. Oh, of, course. of course, it's your 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 option. To, it is your 
job to actually tell them that yeah. it's going to take a while. Now, yeah. there are bartenders that don't do that and they just expect the, wait, uh, the, the guests to wait. Yeah. Um, but also, like, you know, when, when the waiters, for example, come to the bar and they're just like, yeah, is that drink being made yet? Like, people have been waiting for a while. I'm just like, do you see what's going on right here? Waiters don't dare to do that to cooks. Some of them do. Uh, some of them really fucking do. But, I mean, like, yeah. everyone knows, don't mess with a cook. Uh, don't mess with a chef. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, like, uh, chefs de partie, like, you know, fucking line cooks. Usually, um, people fuck with them all the time, especially the chefs themselves. But, yeah, don't don't fuck with chefs. Like, uh, they, they usually have the... Uh, nice. The, well, they... <laughs> no, they just have a short fucking fuse a lot of times. The kitchens are scary, man. I don't enter the kitchen. <laughs> I love, I love the environment. Oh, it's it's fun. It's chaotic. It's crazy. People actually leave all their personal problems or their business things there. Like that's the best things about kitchens is yeah they will insult the shit out of you inside, but as soon as you step outside, you guys are still best friends. Yeah, a lot of times, yeah. But I mean, also that's the thing. You prep is fucking everything. You got to have everything on fucking point. Everything and you know. The, the moment your prep is fine, you're good for the fucking day. Yeah. It's that simple. And, you know, as long as you're working efficiently and structured, there's nothing to fucking worry about. But, yeah, you know, a lot of times there's, you know, a bunch of extra reservations or, uh, yeah, the prep is taking a bit too long. And that's also when you land in the shit. But, yeah, that's it's the same thing with the bar, you know. I've, uh, I've had plenty of ingredients just run out in the middle of the fucking day. And, you know, I'd be calling a, I'd be calling a runner like, can you please, uh, you know, I don't we, know, a pressum or a lime juice or something for me. What, what I'm jealous about the kitchen is that they have the space to keep everything <laughs> compared to the bar. Yeah, yeah, they have a little, they have a little more play. Well, it depends. I mean, there's plenty of bars that are fucked, like a fuck ton bigger than kitchens. It always depends. But yeah, most of the time the kitchen has a little more space or like leeway to, to be prepping real quick. While the bar is just like you're literally doing it in front of people, you know. And that, of course, that doesn't have like a good fucking look. You know, you want you want people to see that it's all organized and pristine to keep the sort of you know Wait, the yeah. illusion going. Yeah, the the mask. Yeah, yeah. But um, our next steps. Yeah, what are we gonna be doing next, huh? I think uh, we can all we can start with a topic. Well, I mean that's the thing. You know, there's there's a whole list of things that we've been writing down and. Um, kind of riffing off of each other i mean i want to talk about the sexism racism um the sex stories <laughs> the sex stories are also probably a good fucking thing to go into yeah don't don't as you always say don't shit where you eat i, I yeah i mean that that is a rule i set for myself it doesn't it most of the time that shit doesn't work out <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that another time definitely, definitely. but yeah i mean we you know i want to go into into everything you know, certain uh, cuisine, we're going to be having guests in, you know, owners, managers, uh, you know, uh, bartenders, cooks, line chefs, even dishwashers. Yeah. You know, we want we want everyone to have, you know, to say their piece and have their, uh, their little perspectives into it. Because, you know, we're just two guys. And our experience is our experience. And not everyone feels the exact same thing for hospitality. Precisely. None of what we said is a, <laughs> is a universal rule, huh? Yep, that's just our uh, our little two piece. Yeah, that's very true. So, well, this is more from the guest. We would love to hear your questions. Yeah, and uh, follow us on Instagram. We've got uh, it's called Guest is Not King. All the words have underscores between them. We should fix that. <laughs> yeah, we should. Well, no, it's. I think I think it's a good way to go at it. 
But yeah, that is very true. But send your questions in. Yeah. Send your topic. Let us know. We're going to be setting up an email so you can also send us topics or even like questions of things that you know you might want to hear about. And uh, yeah, most of the uh, most of the communication and the announcements it's going to be through uh, through Instagram. And we want to do unfiltered shit. So again, yeah. to expect us to talk about that topic. Yeah, we're going to be speaking candid. We're going to be honest, and yeah. And we're going to put everyone in the spot, including ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Well, I want to be put in the spot. Well, <laughs> that's 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 going to be an easy fucking task. But I still love you, bro. <laughs> well then, ladies. I was going to say ladies and gentlemen, but you know. Yeah. No, well, guys, thank you so much for listening. You know, give us a share. Give us a like. Follow us. And hope you guys enjoyed the guests. Okay. Absolutely. Let's do this. Oh my-